They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunigs. From a new location, they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to our low-effort, low-quality podcast. I'm your host, Matt. Liz is absent for this episode, but joining us today is a very special guest, my grandfather, uh, also known as Pawpaw, also known as Don. How, how are you doing today, Pawpaw? Doing good. You doing good? You feeling, you feeling solid? You feeling, feeling healthy, upbeat? Yeah, pretty well. <laughs> so, uh, as a Kind of introduction to the listeners, I guess uh, you know some some basic uh, uh, some basic uh, background information might be helpful. Um, when when were you born? I was born uh, September eighteenth, nineteen thirty seven. Long time ago. Nineteen thirty seven. So that makes you eighty four. I'll be eighty four September. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. And where where were you born? I was born in Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Is that where you lived? You lived in Dallas or you lived in a nearby area? Well, when I was, uh, right after I started the school, we moved, we, my parents uh, moved to a farm. Mm-hmm. The farm was in East Texas between a town called Maybank and a town called Canton. It was, and, uh, and and now I had already went started to school in Dallas, but of course I uh, transferred to uh, a school called Whitten. Mm-hmm. The little it was actually a, it wasn't a one room schoolhouse; it was a two room schoolhouse. Oh, luxury! Yeah, and uh, uh, it had no electricity and no running water, and neither did our farmhouse. There wasn't any available within miles of us. It wasn't a matter of just not having it. You couldn't have it. No air conditioning. We'd never heard of air conditioning at that time. Do you had a car, though? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Sort of. (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) Uh, If I recall right, we had a battered up old uh, 1937 Ford when I went started to school. Right. What did you... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. uh, We walked... We walked... Me and my sister, who was just older than me, we walked to school, uh, which it was was two and a quarter miles to the school. And we would walk to school. However, when, when the weather was bad and the the roads got muddy because there were no paved roads near us. Uh, We would ride, me and my sister would ride double on horseback to school. She had a little horse and I had a little horse. And my dad would make, make us, you know, sometimes the roads would be muddy for several days. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have to walk in the mud. That's why we would ride the horses at that time. And he would always make us ride one horse one day and another horse the next. They had a small fenced-in enclosure at the school. And we weren't the only children that rode horseback to school, usually just like us in, in bad, rainy weather. So they had a horse parking lot. Yeah, they had a, and they ha- actually had a rule at the school that you could not ride your horse at recess. Okay, yeah. it could get distracting. I guess. <laughs> All right, so so very uh, humble beginnings, I guess we could say. Um, and then, yes. And you uh, you graduated? Did you graduate high school? 
I actually did not. You did not. But by, by the time I was in high school, I, we were living back and we'd sold the farm and we lived in at moved up into Maybank for two or three years and then eventually moved back to Dallas. So I wound up my schooling at Sunset High School in Dallas. Right. And so all right, so we get we get done with, with high school, um and and then you go off into into the, the workforce. So where where did you wind up uh you know, where did you wind up plying your craft? Well, my first craft was carrying out packages at, at an A&P grocery store. Mm-hmm. I worked there for a year or so, and then I went to work for Sears Roebuck. And I worked for them for nearly 10 years, and after that, I got into the, working in the vending industry, and I, and, and I worked in the vending industry until I retired in 2003. Right, so you were you were a vending machine guy. So what what kind of things, uh, you know, what kind of things did you do? I guess uh, you uh, what you fill machines, get money, take the machines out, fix them, things like that. I started out uh, what they called a route man. I, I, dro- I had a truck that I drove around with product, and I filled vending machines. Mm-hmm. I did that for for two or three or four or five years, I guess. And then I went into maintenance, which was running service calls or, or if there were, if we were caught up on service calls, I would work in the shop. And, uh, I did that for many years. And then, uh, about 15 years before I retired, well, I had, I had, in the meantime, I had moved up to a uh, maintenance manager mm-hmm. and then I become a vending manager, which I, and I still ran the maintenance department. And then eventually I worked as a, uh, operation Well, they asked, my title was actually North Texas operations manager. And I did, I worked at that for about 10, 15 years before I retired. So when you were uh, when you were working in the vending machine industry, was that was that unionized or how did that work? We organized with the Teamsters after I went to work for the first company. Uh, we organized and and become Teamsters. So how did that how did that go? Any 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 interesting funny uh, union stories? Well, there were problems. Uh, we had one manager who, uh, and he was there when we organized. Well, he didn't take it seriously. Uh, as a matter of fact, in his opinion, they simply would not, uh, they would not, uh, I guess the way to put it is would not honor the contract. Mm-hmm. And we had some problems with him and, uh, um, and of course, there was we resisted his uh, attempts to to not cooperate. As a matter of fact, one day there was there was probably, I guess there were about twenty of us route men, and I know this is hard to believe, but all of the route trucks broke not not only the mechanics route trucks but the route men's route trucks. All of them broke down on the same day. Oh, no. What yeah. a coincidence. And, yeah, and they had to, they were people who could work on trucks, and they were going around getting the trucks running again. And I know they they came to me where my truck had broke down, and I was at Love Field in Dallas. And these, this guy come up, he was with one of our supervisors and they, he started working on my truck and he worked and worked and he could not get it to run. And to tell you, I had kind of had an idea of what was wrong with the truck. There was actually a wire. It came off of the ignition switch, but he couldn't seem to find it. And I finally said, I felt sorry for him. And I was also 
knew that, you know, the truck had to be got running at some point. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, my car acted like this one day. What it would do with that wire had came off, it would, you could start it. But as soon as you'd started, it would just die. As mm-hmm. soon as you let off the key, the engine would die. And I said, my car did that one time. And it was a wire had came off the ignition switch. Well, he should keep, keep working on it, you know. And I said, yeah, my, my car did that, and it was a wire off the ignition switch. And suddenly he paused in what he was doing, and he's realizing what I'm saying. And shortly he, was, he found what was wrong with the truck and had it running. And it, that, this sort of thing went on for quite a while. And... They even put, uh, I think they called them tattletales on all the trucks. What it what it would do, uh, it would it would record the times when the truck we we drove our trucks home. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was part of that was actually in the union contract. We'd already been doing it, but it was in the contract. This tattletale. You would record the time that you started the truck in the morning, and it would record the times that the truck was turned off or started throughout the day. And uh, uh, I think some of the guys felt that this was an attempt to just harass us. Well, it didn't work out. There was there were several problems. One was. It seemed like nobody could ever, you had to wind them up at the beginning of the day. They were mechanical. And we, everybody seemed to always forget to wind them up. <laughs> and uh, they finally gave up on the tattletales. And this went on for quite a while. And finally, what happened was it was causing so much problems with the operation. The the company, I worked for a company called Interstate United, and they were used to dealing with unions because they were all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they realized that this guy was just not compatible with working with the union. And they uh, they decided they'd get rid of him. The manager. Uh, yeah. And however, he didn't know it. We were told to just hold on that he was going to be gone. We all knew it, but our manager didn't know that he was leaving yet. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the guys that worked there, had been, we had some, some of our operation was in the Tyler Longview area, and he had been working there. And when he came back, he was informed that this this manager was going to be leaving, but we did not inform him that the manager didn't know it. And he made a remark that, that the, uh, one of the supervisors, they didn't know it either. Mm-hmm. He made a remark to him about this guy was going to be leaving. And the, the supervisor took him up to the office and told him to tell the manager what he had just told him. And he he realized by that time where he'd messed up, but it was too late. Mm-hmm. He said, well, it's just something I heard on the grapevine that you was leaving. And the manager told him, he said, well, the grapevine's law, wrong. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> However, he was. He was, he was uh, left. And it was shortly before Christmas time. Uh, and I don't remember who organized it but we 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 knew he went he he lived in california had lived in california and he had moved back to california after he left here and we got together and we bought him this nice christmas card since we had his address and we mailed his address and i remember the the, it had a picture on the front of the christmas card i don't know how how somebody found this Christmas card that was so appropriate, but it was a picture of 
of a cottage which was covered in snow and you could and you could see a Chris, uh, people inside uh, looked like they was having a party and they had their drinks and and you could see the Christmas tree with gifts under it and at the window was a was a man standing in the snow looking in the window and underneath it said on the outside looking in <laughs> that is the Christmas card we sent you and. He never even acknowledged. He didn't get a return card. No. That's very rude. So you guys, you got up to a little bit of mechanical sabotage to get to get this problem guy out. Well, I don't, I don't recall uh, ever doing anything like that other than trucks. Trucks. Now, there were times when. Uh, it was time to renew the contract mm -hmm. and it always come down. It looked like we were going to strike. We actually never did strike, but it come very close. It came close enough. There were times since we drove the trucks home that I remember a time or two when they actually took us home. So the trucks would stay, would stay at the business. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh I do know that there were some occasions that there were mechanical problems. Uh, for instance, uh, some of the machines would suddenly, you know, refrigerated machines, they suddenly wouldn't cool right. Mm -hmm. And I think this was traced to, uh, to being low on refrigerant. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, they weren't damaged or anything by this, but, they did get low on refrigerant about the time it looked like we were going on strike. <laughs> so one story I remember uh, you telling me a long time ago was about a truck. I don't remember the specifics of it, but I, the, the detail I remember is that uh, someone uh, took someone else's truck and parked it around uh parked it around the, the block in order to uh, make it to where they couldn't get back to the truck or something like that? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, you might be talking about we, uh, we had an account. It was uh, the big aircraft company here in, in Dallas. Chance Vault, I think, was the name of it. It was an enormous account for us, and we uh, we lost that account, and uh, it really didn't have anything, I guess, to do with the, the union in any way. But but we lost the account, and the, uh, the 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 company that got the account was not they they were not union, and. Most of the trouble there was with the employees of this aircraft company. We used, instead of using our trucks to deliver the product there, we had a warehouse there. And you went there and they had these little uh, carts, electric carts, that you could haul your product around and uh, uh, service the machines. You could go in the buildings with them. And uh, these carts kept disappearing. And they would, it was such an enormous uh, place, you know, that they would find the carts in some remote area eventually, but it caused a great deal of problems. <laughs> and of course, it didn't get us back in or anything, but we had walked. When they had been on strike once, and we had some of us had went had went out and walked the picket lines with with their striking employees, so they liked us. Mm -hmm. and they, they didn't like having this company come in that wasn't was wasn't affiliated with the union, and it it caused some problems. But the, I guess it eventually settled down. I see. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, an attempt, not a success, but but some fun nonetheless. Um, yeah. 
What about, um, I mean, one time I remember you talking about um, maybe everyone quitting or something like that. Um, and yeah. Then, yeah. What happened with that? What happened was the company that I worked for, remember it was a national company, and they sold the entire company to another to another company. The, the company they sold it to was actually based in England, but they already owned another large vending operation in the United States. Well, when they when when this came about, they they had a big location uh, operation right in Dallas, just like we did, and uh, it's called Canteen. Well, what we were told was they were going to merge the two operations together. But don't worry about nothing because remember they were un- they were teamsters just like we were. Their contract was virtually identical to ours. They told us that when they did merge the companies, they would simply uh, dovetail the seniority list, and we, we would go. You know, when they combined the companies, we'd all operate out of the same building. Well. Uh, I I thought they would do that. That made sense to me. And it was kind of important to me because by that time, I was high seniority. And I knew that when they, mer- when they dovetailed the seniority list, I would still be high seniority. So, you know, I thought I was home free. But a lot of the guys were worried about it. And I really, I really didn't worry much about it. Well, they, right before they were ready to merge, they, they were, they were going to have a meeting, and this meeting was going with all the employees, well, all of the employees from from Interstate, and uh, they had this meeting at the at the canteen's headquarters. Mm-hmm. So we all went there, at, and at that time, I think there were 23 of us uh, in, in, in the so-called bargaining unit, you know. And we went into the meeting and they, this guy that was going to be, that we would then report to, he conducted the meeting and what he said was, yes, we're going to merge, or, uh, merge the operations and, I mean, it was going to happen the next week. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, well, what we're going to do, he said, let me explain to you how we're going to do this. He said, we're going to terminate all of the interstate employees on paper. He said, but then you just just fill out your application and you go right back to work. And someone said, uh, Will we be new hires? And he said, yes, you will be new hires, but you'll go back to work. Well, that wasn't satisfactory for me at all. Mm-hmm. I knew that I could, I, could be a, I could be a new hire anywhere. Right. So I just got up and walked out. And I just was angry. Mm-hmm. I was angry and I walked out. But as I was walking out, I could hear chairs shuffling around. And when I walked out, the other 22 employees walked out behind me, all of us, all 23, all the maintenance men, the, the route men, everybody. So uh, I went home that night and I thought, you know, most of these guys are going to think this over and they're probably going to show up for work in the morning. Mm. Well, I was wrong. (laughs) Not one of them went back to work, not the next day, not ever. And this company was now left with, with an operation. We, we did, you know, I think at that time we did 10, $12 million a year in vending sales. Mm. They didn't have a single route man. 
they didn't have a single maintenance man. And the other company, Canteen, used totally different types of vending machines than we did. So they were not familiar with them to, to repair them effectively. Mm-hmm. And in the next couple of months, they lost every account we had. <laughs> every one of them. And they, as they picked up the machines, they, re, they ran out of space to put the machine. So they were setting them in their parking lot. And I would drive by the parking lot. I'm sure I wasn't the only one, but but I, well, I I got a job the next day after this all happened. I went to work for another vending company, and um, I would I'd go by there by canteen and all this sea of vending machines out there. <laughs> Just see them growing and, day after day. Yeah, and there'd be two or three of them out there outside, and I'd wave to them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay so so i wonder you know with all this i mean um what's your what's your general uh, sense of uh i don't know what you might call industrial relations uh you know with uh i don't know what are your general opinions on on unions and you know how how difficult is management does it really vary what you know i don't know what's your do you have a a broader kind of almost political view on on these things or is it just you know in the moment thinking about vending and and how to be the most successful vending worker or vending union well as far as the you know operating with the unions and everything after years and years of experience with it i i have formed certain opinions one thing i Overall, I think unions are very beneficial for the working people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what, the, for instance, now that I'm retired, I've got the, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but it's the Teamsters Pension Plan. Yeah. And I've, you know, that is very beneficial to me. What are, what, what's your pension look like? I'm not very, not real. I don't have a real high pension. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, your pension uh, as to what its benefits were. That was part of what you negotiated for. Right. Yeah. And uh, for instance, the uh, with the Teamsters, the truck lines was their big business, and they had better better pensions than we did mine is 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 uh, only somewhat under five hundred dollars a month Mm -hmm. but with with that with that along with my social security and uh later on is as i got into management we had a 401k plan so i i have income uh you know that got put in place with that mm-hmm. uh of course once i was in uh, once i moved into into management i was no longer in the, in the union anyway but uh, right. but i i did get 20 years which was it was important to get 20 years and i did get 20 years in uh, in the union and the teamsters so it's helped me a great deal it's not a lot of money but it just it just makes makes that much difference you know right and it's guaranteed and you're not worried about the stock market or something like that right now they uh well i mean yeah i have to worry about the stock market with my with your 401k yeah with that but uh overall it's it's worked out well and uh um unions are not not perfect if if every company would deal in a forthright fair manner with their employees we wouldn't even need them mm-hmm. and some companies certainly do that but they don't all do it and, and it, it, from the other side of the coin is some people are not really do not make good union employees some people get the idea that they can use the union to their own for their own advantage mm-hmm. and uh that's not good and but 
the most of the people I worked with weren't that way. As a matter of fact, we we were uh, uh, aware of the fact that the better we did our jobs and the better the business did, it was better for us. And right, because you could now you since you could now negotiate for some of the gains. The success of the business meant something because you could you could go then and get some of the the money. Whereas if you couldn't negotiate for them, then it doesn't really matter how much money the company brings in because you're not getting any of it anyways, or not no. any additional amounts. No, no, and uh, overall, I, in my opinion, the unions have have been beneficial to many, many, many people over the years. And and I I think it even carries over to people who are not do do not work as a union employee. I think they benefit from it too because as the wages goes up, you know, in in in, in unionized companies it puts pressure on other companies to raise their wages too. Yeah, I saw that actually when I was in, I, I worked briefly for the Machinist Union uh, in Oregon. Yeah, it was Oregon. And they were, they have a big aerospace industry out there, like Boeing and stuff is out there. And Boeing is is union. But then there are these like smaller companies around there that also do aerospace aerospace parts and stuff um and some of them are union and some of them aren't and the machinists are trying to make more of them union and that's sort of why i was out there but the you could tell definitely in these non-union companies the big thing the workers were always trying to do was just okay well i'll wait here until there's an opening at boeing and then i'm gone because um, Boeing yeah. has the union contract, and we and we make more, and and that did put pressure on that that company to, if they didn't want all this turnover and everyone just going to Boeing every time there's a, a vacancy, they needed to uh, they needed to kind of go tip for tat at least to some degree on pay and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it just creates competition for better wages. So, do you think? Uh, you know, unions have been on the decline for the last 40 years or so. The percentage of people who are covered by a union contract has been going down and down and down. So do you think, uh, you know, do you think that that explains certain uh, tendencies in the economy? Or, or what, do you, what do you think that that's amounted to? Well, uh, yeah, especially in this part of the country where I live. Unions are just almost to me they seem to be almost non-existent. And uh, in the vending industry, after after uh, we went union at Interstate, that encouraged other uh, other vending uh, vending the employees at other vending companies to also organize. And it wasn't long after we went union that the three largest uh, vending companies in, in in the Dallas area were all Teamsters. Mm-hmm. And and today, I don't believe any of them are. They they they've got away with all of it. Right. And, uh, they run them all out. So yeah, I think that's surprising, probably, to some of the listeners that you know there was a time in which. Even in Dallas, Texas, there was a lot of union union jobs. Was that A and P? Was that unionized? A and P was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Safeway was. Safeway, Safeway, right? Yeah. And Kroger, uh, Kroger still is. That's one of the most I unionized. They are. I believe they are. Yeah, UFCW over there, and uh, they 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 have something called the Kroger clause. <laughs> That's how I remember this. I was a labor lawyer briefly, um, yeah. and uh, they were the first people, I guess, who came up with the the idea that uh, well, we'll or we'll we'll bargain into our contract that any new Kroger that opens, if we just go collect a majority of cards, you'll automatically recognize them, and we won't have to go through the 
the usual rigmarole. Um, yeah. And they call that the Kroger clause. And they, yeah. they've used that to much success over the years to, uh, to get, get most of the Krogers, if not, you know, uh, all of them unionized. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what, um, you know, what do you think about some of this? Uh, did you follow any of that stuff about Amazon? Um, you know, there was like a union drive in Alabama and, what do you what do you think of i mean i don't know do you keep track of of, of that, that kind of news and and what's going on and with some of these companies and stuff like that or, or and and I, I knew something about it but actually very little i guess i didn't didn't keep too, very good track of it i do know that when i was working for sears robot there was an attempt to unionize them mm-hmm. and uh when you'd get off, come to work or get off work, they would be handing out pamphlets, you know, and they were trying to, to organize it. They never managed it. Uh, they would, the company would have these big meetings during the day and uh, they would, uh, you know, uh, campaign to the employees of, not to not to join, not to be interested in the union and give them their version of the reasons why you shouldn't. Well, I remember one one thing that they said. Uh, you heard it more heard it often that the the uh, retirement plans. They said that the term they used to describe the union retirement plans was they were just a pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. And you heard that. And I think many of the pe- people, well, I, at, the, at that time I was, I was actually a, a teenager and I can remember being handled pamphlets and throwing them down. As I came to work, you know, from the union, whatever, the union would whatever the company told me uh, at that age, I believed it. Mm-hmm. But then later on, you uh, you became wiser. Yeah, yeah. As time went on, I uh, when I worked for the A and for A and P, one year they want they they sold Christmas trees in the parking lot out in front of the store, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that would I ended up working selling Christmas trees, and we the store was closed on Sundays, but they they ordered too many Christmas trees, and so they decided they would sell those Christmas trees on Sundays too. Well, they uh, uh, it was hard work, and uh, uh, I worked a lot of overtime, and A and P usually didn't pay you over time they would actually go punch you punch you punch you out when it when your scheduled hours were over but you didn't go home then oh yeah wage wage theft what they call it yeah and and uh i kept questioning them about how i was going to get paid and they assured me that of course they were going to pay me uh my regular wage and time and a half and everything then when I left, well, I never did get it. I never did get it. But they kept telling me that it was coming, it was coming, they'd get it to me. Well, when I left, I asked them again about it, and they said, oh, well, they see what they can do. Well, I decided that what I needed to go do was go down to the, to the wage people. I forget what it's called here, but uh, and and uh, the, report like Department of Labor, Wage and yeah. Hour Board, and stuff like that. Yeah, and and just report what had happened to them. Mm-hmm. And I still recall that day. I went in, and uh, I had to stand and wait for a long, long time. And finally, they told me to come on in, and I went to this desk, and the man's sitting at the desk and he was doing paperwork and everything. I stood there in front of his desk for probably 10 minutes. And finally he looked up at me and he said, okay, what can I do for you? And I explained to him 
what had taken place. Mm -hmm. That I'd sold all these Christmas trees, worked all these long hours, and had never got paid for it. And I, to this day, I can remember exactly what he said to me. Remember, this was even then, it was Texas. Mm -hmm. It would run then just like it is now. And he looked at me and he said, son, A&P is a big company and they do not do things like you're saying. <laughs> that was what he told me. Uh-huh. And from that day forth, I had a better insight into how things worked. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Even the the wage and hour uh, people are, are on the on the pay to some degree. At that time, at least in Texas, they certainly were. <laughs> That's very interesting. So what's, uh, I mean, what is your... Um, What's what, what what are you thinking these days? I don't know about national politics. I'm kind of curious. You know, we uh, what what were your thoughts about Trump uh, and uh, how, how things are going now? And I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what you're. You know, you, you well, got a lot of time to think about these things. Yeah, uh, I don't know any other way to say about Trump than I don't. I didn't ever like him i didn't when he was running for president i didn't worry about it because in my mind they ain't no way on earth this guy can get elected president uh -huh. but i he did and uh uh I, th I think he's done probably more damage to this country in different ways than than all the other politicians and presidents we've ever had mm -hmm. so you're happy to see him go i was extremely <laughs> happy to see him go so do you uh so what 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 I, i'm kind of curious actually about your your voting history because you've been you know alive for so long so you would have voted in a, in a lot of elections that most of our listeners would you know are kind of in the distant uh past you know have you been a you favored one party of the, uh, over the other over the years. You kind of switch back and forth. You know who who did you vote for? You know, uh, did you vote for JFK? Did you vote for uh, Mondale? You know how how did how have you uh, how, how's your politics uh, been over the years? To be, uh, there was there was a time when I might have I kind of went more on what the guy sounded like as to how I would vote. Mm -hmm. But in in recent years, and I'd say the last 25, 30 years, I, I've, um, I typically have voted straight Democratic ticket. Mm -hmm. Now, do I entirely agree with everything that Democrats stand for? No, I do not. But... I, I, and I don't disagree with many of things that Republicans say they stand for, mm -hmm. but I don't believe much of what they say. Right. So, so uh, so what, my, what what made you, uh, what, what's the big issue, I guess, that, that pushed you to say, all right, from here on, I think probably going to go straight Democrat. What was the, like, you know, the economy, the, I mean, what's, what's the kind of, what was the thing that led you in that direction? Well, one thing it's seeing, seeing some of the, uh, a lot of what influenced me was being, uh, involved with unions, mm -hmm. uh, Seeing how the how different laws are are set up, uh, something that I learned and uh, about some of the laws here in Texas, and it may not be that way now, mm -hmm. but I, it was at one time. It was my understanding that say you had a strike going on and a picket line walking in front of the building. And some of the supervisory employees came to work. And, of course, they're going to cross the picket line to go in. And one of the strikers 
socked one of them in the nose. <laughs> okay. He, under Texas law at that time, had committed a felony. Mm-hmm. But had the supervisory employee who was crossing the finish line did the same thing to one of the strikers, his crime would have been a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things turn me off. I agree that both committed a crime, but they committed the same crime. Mm-hmm. And those things, and I had an uncle who who was who was in politics. Uh, he's long gone now. He he uh, was in the House of Representatives in the Texas government. Oh, he yeah. was the, he was the youngest man at at least at that time who was ever elected to the House of Representatives. Oh, very interesting. And he was a he was a Democrat and. He told, uh, there's things that he said that has influenced me. Uh, one of the things that he really had a problem with was whether you pay your state taxes as a state income tax or as a state sales tax. He believed that the state sales tax was, was not exactly fair. He thought it should have been a state income tax. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree it, in order to make it more fair, it, it, it should be a state income tax because there's so many ways of, that you can uh, get around paying taxes if it's a sales tax. Right. You don't pay sales tax on everything like uh, no. sale of a home and also people who make a lot of money. They don't spend all of their money in a given year. So yeah, you're only yeah. spending, t- you know, twenty percent of your income because your income's really high. Then it's only that twenty percent that's really getting taxed. Yeah, yeah, that that's exactly the way he put it, and uh, and I could see that, and it's things like that. I I I don't even consider myself as a. I don't think of myself as a dyed in the wool Democrat. Mm-hmm. My big problem is not how good the Democrats are, but how distrustful I am of Republicans. Uh huh. And what made you distrust them? Just well, I, I something that I've learned, uh, like when you pay your property taxes in Texas. Well, if I sell my house, it will be a matter of record as to what that house sells for. Mm-hmm. Same if I buy a house. But if I know of a house, and I read this in the paper, I read it at a time when this house had just been sold, and you usually don't know how much a really expensive house sells for. And this is a really expensive house. It had sold, and I don't know how it came to light, but it had been sold for, I believe, about, uh, in my I may be wrong about this, but in my mind, it was an enormous amount of money, like $50 million. Sure. And then shortly after that, I read something else. The, the fact that the taxes on this house had been had been being only on as valued at five million dollars. Yeah, and I know there is a lot of that goes on. I don't really know how bad it is. But yeah, there, it, there was a study recently, actually, uh, about this across a number of cities, and they they showed in this study that systematically these higher higher value homes are are valued lower than lower value homes, you know, like as a percent of their market value, as a percent of what they would actually sell for. Um, And you see that across, across the board for the assessment value for the taxes. So, yeah, I have heard, and I do not know if this is true or not, but I have heard that typically when a really high dollar house is sold, that the buyer agrees to not disclose the purchase price. 
It's usually part of the agreement. And again, I don't know if that's entirely true or true at all, but I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And being as suspicious of things as I've become, I figure it probably is true. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you got um, both uh, from from some of the information you got from the union about the different treatment of different kinds of, of uh, picket line activity and other other kinds of things and and from information you got about um, you know the taxes in in Texas and how they they fall more heavily on those with lower incomes than than higher incomes and and this uh, the the property taxes it seems like you have a a baseline sense of uh, of fairness and 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 some semblance of equality and that kind of thing uh, in the economic realm and um, what you came to realize uh, was that uh, 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 that doesn't exist. And one of the main reasons that doesn't exist is because Republicans uh, tend to support these uh, unequal uh, kinds of economic uh, policies and and approaches and stuff like that. And so you decided, well, if that's how it's going to be, then we're going to, I'm going to go straight line, straight line Democrat, at least, you know, until I change my mind on that. Is that, I mean, is that a decent, uh, summary of, of it almost i think so a lot of times when i when i fill out a, you know and i vote on a straight ticket for the democrat i may be voting for some of them that i don't really know much about sure. but it's just a matter of policy i vote that way and again it's not necessarily for my great enthusiasm for democrats it's for my total distrust of republicans right yeah i think that's how a lot of people vote especially people who vote for the democratic is. party <laughs> they're not so much uh, too fond of it as they are uh repelled by the other other guys um but okay well uh so this has been really interesting uh I don't have too too much more. I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, what's uh, what we uh, you you looking forward to cowboy season here in the next couple weeks or? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I watched the game last night. Mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed, but but I never give up. <laughs> well, you know, it's only been uh, what uh, 25 years since they won uh, won the Super Bowl. So uh... yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know it takes it could take some time. So uh, hey, or on the other hand, maybe they're due. You know, if you don't hit the jackpot for a while, maybe uh, maybe your numbers up. So, but all right, well, thank you so much for for coming on and 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 you know sharing all this. I think uh, I think the viewers li- viewers the listeners will be very uh, you know be very entertained by it at, at, at the very well. Least, I hope so. so. And. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll catch up with you next time in Texas. I actually just uh, well, the listeners don't know this, but I just went down to Texas. I saw you guys, and you guys got to see Jane, and and we had a good time. Oh yeah, we love that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll talk to you later. All right, bye bye.